0: I'm Ginger, and I'm Dutch. Ginger and Dutch. Ginger and Dutch. Ginger and Dutch. Dutch. Alright folks, welcome back for another episode of Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch Podcast. Episode number thirteen, losing track as each week that goes by. But uh, an exciting week of sports as we inch closer to uh, getting live sports back. Dutchie,
1: how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We're having fun. We're getting ready to roll. This has been a it's been a good run. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna get sports, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, we got some good topics tonight. Uh, why don't we fire it up? I'm ready to go here. Yeah, we're uh, we got a, a full slate ahead of us here. So let's uh, let's get right into it.
0: For those uh, join us on a weekly basis, uh, we're hoping to land a big guest next week. So we'll uh, we'll leave everybody as is right now, but uh, Heath, hopefully we can get them on there. You've uh, you've done
1: some good legwork. Uh, it seems like we're gonna we're gonna hit another big fish. So it's gonna be fun. You uh, you football fans are gonna like it. Awesome. So Dutchie, uh I'll I'll
0: start off here with uh, you know what's been happening most in the in the major sports things and I think that's the NHL. The NHL's had a lot going on, so let's uh, let's jump right in. Yep. No announcement today uh, about the finalization of the hub cities, but let's cover uh, what's left here. We got Vegas, Chicago, LA, Edmonton, and Toronto.
1: Dutch, what are you thinking? Yeah you're definitely getting one of the Canadian ones. I think Edmonton's probably the better route, even though we're in good shape right now with with Toronto and, and how our cases have gone down and we, we have it. The problem that I have with the GTA is is just that there's just too many issues that, that can run in with the, with the players in that. I mean, there's no real good bubble there. Whereas Edmonton, they can make a bubble. So just like Vegas, right? I know Vegas is party, but they can still make a good bubble in Vegas. I think you're going to see Vegas. I think you're going to see Edmonton. I think they're going to be the two big ones. Um, and Toronto might just get left out. Listen, you see what's going on. There's already been 26 players that have tested in the last couple weeks. Okay, there still has there're 400 plus players that haven't even been tested yet. That's correct. So I don't know what the heck's going to happen as far as that. They still have training camps still scheduled for July 10th. July 10th. That that's 10 days away. That's a dream. 10 days away. Like, are we going to actually see anything? That's that's kind of where I'm. Uh, I'm lost in the shuffle on what's going to happen as far as are they actually going to go through with this because they're really the first ones on the block for the team sports in North America next to TFC that we talked about last week.
0: Yeah, I think um, Vegas, I think that's why the NHL hasn't pulled the uh, pulled the trigger on Vegas yet. They're worried about the cases that mm-hmm. have, have popped up most recently here. Mm-hmm. Chicago is, I just can't see that being a bubble city. There's a lot of tough things going on in Chicago uh, social-wise um a lot of violence we we knows what what happens in chicago i just don't know if that's their best choice yeah i think quietly la has done a good job with the covid cases and they're gonna make a case here for themselves
1: yeah they did spike early right so yeah that's right yeah.
0: and i think you know i was i've been on the vegas train as you know right from yep. uh, right from the get-go i thought vegas was the way to go but as soon as it opened up obviously it went went backwards yeah la's make a nice little case. Who wants to go to Edmonton? I know. I Who know. wants to go but to it's, Edmonton But it's, It is summer, though, so at least they're
1: not getting 40-degree heat. It is it's it's it is Edmonton. But you know what? Maybe that's better for them because there's no partying and there's nothing crazy. They'll have to sit in their hotels. That's the only saving grace. You go to Toronto, shit gets real, man, in Toronto. These guys I, party. I, there's after-hour clubs everywhere. And, and we know that they're not all perfect because a lot of them do go to these extra clubs. We know it firsthand. We've seen it. We've been a part of it. We've yep. watched it. Um, Edmonton might not be the the best choice for the players, but it might be the best choice for the NHL. Yeah, I just uh, I, maybe I sound like a like a
0: true Tron-Antonian, yeah. as you would say. Um, you know, chirping Edmonton. I, I love uh, love Edmonton. I've been there myself. Uh, don't know if I'm gonna go back, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. no. In, in all seriousness. Edmonton might be the best choice here But I just can't see the NHL and the players making that choice To go to Edmonton I think the front runners I was on the Vegas train like I said for a while But I think you're you're LA and Toronto um, Two big markets Able to work off of that that world feed That we talked about When my little birdies uh, from the NHL gave me an in there Yep Reached out to those birdies again today, but they uh, they weren't chirping uh, today for me. There wasn't much chirping
1: chirping going on for my birdies. Well, let's hope we get a we get an answer, and let's hope we can get the show on the road. You know, on a side note, they did uh, they are voting. I don't know if it's uh, it's coming up real soon, but um, NHLPA is voting on their new collective bargaining agreement, and they're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about it. And it sounds like. We may get them back into the Olympics. Do you do you like that? I mean, I'm a pro pro Olympics. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I know all the insurance. I know all the money. I know all the issues in case there's people getting injured in that. But come on, man, you got to let them play in the Olympics, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about
0: it. Yeah. Um, from like you said, from an owner's side, you get it. You got to protect your investment. Um, there's got to be some sort of insurance coverage there. I, I understand that, but. Mm-hmm. The NHL wants to grow the game past Canada and past North America in the United States. They're struggling to grow it in the United States as is. Yeah. Uh, you want to grow the game worldwide, you got to venture out and you got to be involved with the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you look at the other sports, basketball, baseball, they're, they're all soccer and right? even golf. They're yeah. all worldwide sports. Yeah. Um, football and hockey are the only ones that have kind of stuck to um, North America. Football's ventured out a little bit more than the NHL sure. has. And the NHL does have a good European presence with all of the leagues, but there's no direct representation of the NHL in Europe. Right. They've got the Swedish leagues, they've got these leagues and they're they're great leagues. Yeah. Sometimes just as competitive or just as good as as, as the NHL at times. But there's no direct representation of the NHL in Europe. It's just these other leagues running their own show. Um, they need to get worldwide and get a little bit more representation. I know they're doing these games. Yeah, the Sabers going over to Sweden last year. Uh, I think the Kings went over to Finland there two yeah. years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, they need to they need to venture out there,
1: and the Olympics is the number one step. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what some of uh, you know. We got a couple of buddies that we know that are uh, friends of the show that we're going to be trying to reach out to and get them on uh, as we get closer to hockey. You know. Two of them have, have, one of them still plays. One of them's retired over there, and they played in, in Europe, um, had successful OHL careers. Uh, one of them actually was uh, a Team Canada gold medal, so yep. I believe he was gold medalist. I know he played on Team Canada. I'd have to look at it, but I I will do my research if, in fact, we can land um, them on. He's coming on. Yeah, so it should be good. But what's, uh, you wanted to talk about the Hall of Fame. I know it's kind of bugging you a little bit. I know you're you're big on, uh, on discussing, you know, should you get in? Shouldn't you get in? And and you kind of were sounded to me like you were a little bit uh, ready to to kind of crap a little bit on the NHL on how they do their inductees. So talk to me. Tell me what you're why you're why you're kind of a little bit up in arms about it. Well, I think I think I'm more up in arms here
0: about the fact that you know, and and everybody trips all these the different Hall of Fames from the football to the baseball, but I just think the NHL Hall of Fame is an absolute joke. I really do. I think it, it 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 looks more at the and and it may sound weird coming from me for the listeners that know me and Dutch, you know me as well. But it it's more of a statistical approach at the Hall of Fame and and an accumulation and, an, and a career of of these players. And and you know the the counter argument is going to be, well, isn't that what you're looking at? Is their well, career o- over time? Yeah. I get that, but but just because to me you play
1: 12 years or 13 years in the NHL doesn't necessarily mean that you're a hall of famer to me. Yeah, but you got to hold on though. You got to look at the fact that listen. And I know there's some of the other sports obviously like football where there's 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 way more numbers than what I'm going to throw at you right now, but you got to look at the fact that there's over 700 players every year That's not including coaches. That's not including owners, builders, whichever category we're going to talk about. And we're not going to talk about on the national level with uh, St. Pierre, who's just getting inducted right now. St. Pierre, great goalie. You you start doing the numbers there, and I kind of just did a quick synopsis. You're talking 20,000 players over the last X amount of years there. Do you not want to put guys in there that that longevity, to me, is huge in, in a sport? I know you're looking for the, the, the like that we're talking the elite the elite, but let's talk about the guys that are going into the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, but Dutch, we're talking about the, this is just take the words for what
0: they are. This is the Hall of Fame. Right. This is the best of the best.
1: Yes. So and us, and five to six else, people. So five to six people every year is is doesn't isn't worthy of it. Think about it. it how many people are in the no, Hall of Fame? I don't, I, don't know, know well, I, don't I don't know the number. I don't know the number. What
0: I'm saying what I'm saying is is that whether whether it's one. Or eight, you either qualify or you don't qualify. We don't. We, why do we have to put some? Why how come it? Why does it have to be the twenty twenty class? And we have to have okay, five agree. to seven people. I'll agree that if, if either qualify or you don't. You're either in or you're out. You're either you were a game changer at your position or you weren't. It's not this. Oh well, you were with the twenty twenty class, and and Marvin Harrison went up against Terrell Owens, and this and that, and. You know, so you're going to argue
1: some of the guys that are in the game? Yes, are I am going to argue how, some of how them. Okay, let's start. We already know that there's a couple obviouses, and I know you're going to pick on a couple of these guys, but how, how can you tell me that? Well, we already know, and I know you're not. I know you're going to agree with me. Aguila, okay, that's, that's an instant Hall of Fame. He's played over 1,500 games. He had 600-plus goals, 700-plus assists, a fighter, tons of minutes. There's no questions he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to disagree okay, with you, we got but it. you want
0: to know one of the big factors that, that you missed there. You rhymed off all of the statistical categories, and there's, there's no arguing that. Captain, leader, across yeah, the board. That's one, and two, revolutionized and brought back the power forward position yeah, in the NHL. Yep. That's a Hall of Famer to me. That's somebody that's changed their position, has made a mark, has has been different than everybody else that
1: has come through in their their era. Right, but this is where we're going to argue then down the road here is when we get to these next couple guys. We already know Jose, okay? Hosea, arguably one of the best two-way players to play. And the reason why he didn't win some more awards is because of the position he played. Okay, that guy was the same thing. 1,300-plus games. 500 goals, 600 is plus assists. His plus minus was almost 250, okay? You cannot deny that. I know he never won anything major, but... He, uh, sorry, yes, he did with Chicago. Yeah, okay? he, had three,
0: he had three cups That's right, there. he did, but nothing
1: with Ottawa. But the guy was a yeah. game changer. I mean, he was a game changer, and he, he's instantly Hall of Fame guy, okay? So you There's, can't argue there.
0: No, and you look at Marion Hossa, and I always... You know, you don't always appreciate it at the time, but you looked at Hossa... And he was kind of that guy that that he was that pickup guy. He was that guy from yeah. from Ottawa to Pittsburgh yep. to Chicago. Like he was that guy that he went on a on a three or four year run with a couple cups yep. involved there. That oh, we hated him. him. We hated him when he was That's in right. Ottawa. Yeah, and and you know you want a piece that could put you over the edge or, or take you to that next level for four to six years. Marion Hosa was the guy. He was he, the guy. He, like you know he was in three or four cups there. Yep. Um, in a row there yep. where it's like. He's a piece that you pick up to extend your playoff run to go after the cup. Yep. Um,
1: longevity, like you said. So 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 that's great. So you so we've got those two, we've nailed them, okay? So we're not I don't think I don't have really much to say about Ken Holland except for what he did, obviously, and what he's done for the sport. That's an instant automatic builder category, you know, for what he did in Detroit for all the way across the board. He is one hundred percent one of the top builders. Of all time, and that's a no-brainer. I don't pay attention to that too much, but to me, that's a no-brainer on where um, why he should get it. Yeah, Ken. You know, you talked about uh, we had an interview last week
0: with with Zavaleta, and um, he talked about sustained success. Well, what's better than 19 straight years in the playoffs? Doesn't do anything but it, perfect, right? It's great, and and you know, people would say, well, he got lucky with a couple draft classes and getting Zetterberg and Datsuk in the sixth and seventh round, yep. and late in the draft, and. But he did it. He he did more than that. He he was a scout. You know, he scouted Kozlov, Lidstrom, Fedorov. Like he was involved with building that whole thing in Detroit, even before he was the general manager. Yep. Then he becomes a general manager, gets Cromwell, gets friends, and gets Datsu, gets Debier. To me, that's a that's the same success. You when you can do it over two or three drafts and put more teams together to extend your run. Um, that's Hall of Fame to me
1: that's game changing yep, yep. and Kim St. Pierre is the same way right she was a, a um, three time gold medalist yep. five time world champion the rock the be- probably the, one of the best women's goalies of all time across the board and uh, she deserves to be in there she's done a lot for women's hockey she's done a lot across the board it's too bad that they've had some issues you know in those little professional leagues that they're trying to run but um, she's a no no brainer to the Hall of Fame as well yep I agree right now I, know you're, now I know we're, we're not going to agree on the next two, but different eras. So what, you, you're going to argue and tell me that you don't think Doug Wilson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Remember what positions he's playing here. Now both these guys, and I know you're not a big fan of Kevin Lowe getting in, but there's no reason why they both shouldn't get in. Doug Wilson maybe more so uh, as far as... Uh, the two defensemen, but, you know, Dougie Wilson played over a 1,000 games. Again, right? He had 800-plus points. He was a Norris winner, eight-time All-Star. Yep, and I got right on my sheet here. Doug Wilson is a lock. Right. When you have a career like that and then you transition over
0: to a, to be a general manager and whether San Jose's won anything or not um, or they've folded like a cheap suit in the playoffs, he's put those teams together. They've had sustained success. Um, The most wins in his era of any NHL franchise is is San Jose, regular season that is, but you can't argue with with Doug uh, Wilson's record in hockey, absolutely uh, phenomenal. But then that brings me to to Kevin Lowe, and some may say, okay, well, you didn't bring this point up against Aginla. We know Aginla didn't get to host that cup, okay? He made some great runs with Calgary, uh, Boston alike, but Kevin Lowe... Six time champion, but what did he do? What, 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 like he was, he was not a game changer. Was he even a top four player on that team when that team was at its best? When Edmonton was at its best in the middle of all their runs? Well, he two or three defense for sure. Yes, but he, but he's not even the best player on his team, let alone arguably in the top three on his team. Yeah, but that's one at of the best teams times, of all
1: time. Okay. Of all time. Of all time, all the way through. But
0: we're talking about the Hall of Fame. We're talking about the best players of all time. That's right. So, so you look at the
1: defense men that have been in that Hall of Fame, and, and you can't. You, you mean to tell me you just don't think that Kevin Lowe should make it in there. His, he's got, well, again, I'm going to go back to longevity. Look at how many games he's played. Look at where he's came across. But I know he hasn't won any individual titles, but... He was part of that He run. was never voted the best
0: defenseman in the NHL in his era. How how are you a Hall of Famer if you're not even the best player in one season in all of this longevity of his, of his career and this accumulation and it gets me back to this accumulation thing and, and and it sounds crazy that I'm even speaking these words because I am a big stats guy, you know that Dutch, yep. but when he's not even the best defenseman in the NHL for a season and now you're now you're in the Hall of Fame saying you're one of the best defensemen of all time? When you weren't even the best in your era that you played in, which was an extended period of time against many other defensemen. And I get it. Coffee, Borg. There were some great defensemen when he played. I, I understand that. Yep. Then he goes up against the likes of Lidstrom. And, and, and those, guys are all, guys. those guys are all in the Hall of Fame. Correct. I, I understand that. But for one year, you couldn't be the best. And I know those awards, are they are voted. I understand that too. But That's right. There's some player Uh, votes there. I just don't see Kevin Lowe as a game changer, and I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer, period. All right. I think he just was off the coattails of a team that was great. Yep. He's done some okay things in in the front office um, with Edmonton and and, and other teams alike in Team Canada, um, but... I don't got Kevin Lowey, and I think there's some other options in there. Yeah, uh, Danny Alfredson. There's a couple of yeah. Guys there's in definitely
1: there. ways to look at it. Of course, of course, and it's like in every Hall of Fame, right? I mean, yes, it is the Hall of Fame, and we're we're looking at um, maybe looking at making it tighter across the board. I just think that when you're when you play that long and you can the sustainability, the All Star presence, the 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 championships. Yeah, could, you're gonna say, well, what about the third third line guy that played ten seasons? That just nobody even knows who he's. I get it, but you know this guy logged tough minutes. He played against the best. He was a defensive specialist. He plays. He played against the best offensive guys on every team. Time in and time out. Game in and game out. Sometimes stats go disappear, just like when we go back to Hosa, You know, 245 plus minus. Again, he was an amazing two-way player, and and those are the reasons why these guys are in the Hall of Fame because of what they did. And defense doesn't get as much out of it, and that's I guess why I'm thinking that I I disagree. I I think he 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 should have. He's a lock, and yeah, it took a little bit of time. I don't know how many. uh, If it was his second or third I don't know how many goals I didn't pay attention to it too much in fact low didn't make my list so my arguments not as as good to say because I was really prepped on all these other ones and ready to hammer with you so I just think that yeah you don't want to let everybody in but this class to me all deserves to get in that's the way I look at it it's better than what they were uh, um, they're doing right now with what's happening with uh, the draft lottery etc and I, and I want I don't want to change the subject but what a debacle that was.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, we got a, a placeholder team. Uh, so, Dutch, when I can't make the podcast, I'm going to uh, have a placeholder guest uh, alongside with us. Absol- Conspir- conspiracy Theory 101, man. Uh, agreed. Uh, there's, there's no argument here. They, they're looking for, like you said, with the negotiation of the CBA, it's a fight for TV battle right now for all the leagues across the board. And I think they felt this was a way to
1: have people tune into people are gonna meaningless watch. hockey. They're going to watch meaningless hockey and go, "Oh my gosh, my team might have a chance to to, to get the first overall pick." And you know, we you know, who was getting the first round? You know, was going first overall? And he's a game changer. Yep, he's a game changer. He's, he could be a, a Crosby esque player. Uh, the, the the kid is unreal. Mm-hmm. There's a few in there. The top three or four. That could be coming out. We're going to be really good, but no question, hands down, number one out of that draft. Lafreniere is going to be lights out. Yeah. So whoever gets him is going to be crazy. Could you imagine if the friggin' Oilers? Because yep. they're part of that now. Yep. Could you imagine they did it again and they got another guy out of it? Yeah. Or how about
0: the Leafs? The Leafs, the Rangers. Right? there's Tons
1: of good Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. what do you know? Pittsburgh gets the next Crosby, and yeah. Crosby gets it. To, come on, man. There's so many stories, and it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's they they've screwed that draft up so many times. I don't know what they're doing, and they keep trying to um, you know show it on live on TV and say that it's a, a, there's systems that well your system's broken NHL. It sucks. It sucks the way you do your draft lottery, plain and simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I think I think if you're, you're Ottawa, you're Detroit, like how do you feel if you're Ottawa? Yeah. Like you're going into this draft just with a huge smile. Yeah. Odds on you're going to get, you know, um, some phenomenal players. Right, they, have, they had two, didn't they? Not they they had, had two, two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. two, yeah. And what did they end up like? Three and five? Three and five, yeah. Something like that. And it was just totally Detroit ended in there at four, and they were the
1: best odds-on favorite to get that Right, and I get the whole parody of the league, and everybody wants to see And the reason why they've come up with this in all the sports is that because they want to have parody, and they, they hope that your city can win a championship. But we all know how hard it is to win championships. And, you know, they don't want the tanking and all that stuff. So... You can say did Detroit tank. No, I don't think they tanked. They just had a terrible team with a couple, you know, good young up and comers. They didn't have any good goaltending, and that's they deserve to be at the bottom. So reward them with a, you know, reward them with that opportunity. Yep. And now they're not going to get the opportunity, and they're going to go. I did say top five are still pretty good, but they're not going to get that that big fish. And and we know that that big fish is those those only come once every six, seven, maybe ten years. Yep. So. That's right. Yeah, he's he's the next touted big thing, and you know he's your next Ovechkin, he's your
0: next Crosby, whatever you want to call it, and um, he's the closest you're going to get in this draft to a lock, and mm-hmm. to have that taken away from you by the NHL, what my mind is
1: was yeah set up from the start uh, is an absolute joke. Yep, agreed. I was going to uh, throw that in as a, a Duchess dog or a Ginger's garbage for us today, but we'll uh, we'll pass on that. I think they know that they uh, they're looking foolish right now. That's enough said. So, our boy, uh, flip it over to the next topic, moving a little bit into the NBA
0: here quickly. Um, our boy's finally done after the COVID and, and everything going back. He, after 24 years, he...
1: Insanity. Called it a career.
0: Yeah. So, I got a question here for you, and I think we're going to look at things a little bit different from uh, way back on our, our first or second podcast we did about the Raptors in the top five Raptors. But uh, are the Raptors... Retiring
1: Vince Carter's jersey. Yes, one hundred percent. We we I may not agree with the the setup, but he he, he definitely deserves it to uh, to be. He even though he sold the city out, which I told you back way back. Uh, we've always had that conversation. I never bought into his his jersey. He brought NBA to Toronto. He he put us on the map. We all know that he deserves to have his jersey retired up in the rafters and maybe one day he'll do something for Toronto on the the business exec side you can't there's no other answer there's no I mean for what he did there's no other I I can't argue that yes do I think he's a sellout? yeah yeah I guess it gets back to my
0: my Hall of Fame point and the fact that you know where does it where do you start and I, this is a franchise with you know lot not a lot of history here um you know we're 20 plus 20 plus years yep, in, i believe yeah yep. you know where do you start with the the retiring of the jersey do you start with a wall of fame but you know you go you go back and and some do some don't even have them in the top five of this franchise's history granted a lot of those top five that we had have not retired yet because right. the history is so short. Sure, but um, we're talking about retiring a number here. We're so talking it, about, and they you know, haven't—they have
1: not retired a jersey yet. They have not retired one hundred percent. So, do, do you—if they're gonna start—is that not the guy you want to start it with? No, it's not. So you're gonna go with Stadtmair? Nope. I'm not gonna go with Damon
0: either because Damon would have already been done. You know what I'm gonna do, Dutch? I'm gonna wait two years. I'm going to wait two years, and I'm going to retire the greatest Raptor. If you say Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to barf <laughs> from my. I'm barf. No, no, no. I'm going to stick true to my list. All right. I'm going to
1: stick true to my list. All right. I, I, I'm okay I'm with gonna it. I'm going to wait two years. I'm going to put Lowry up there. I'm okay with that. And I'm going to put number seven up. Yep. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with that. And then maybe give Carter his justice after that. That, that That's okay. I'm okay with that. Or if you don't, you don't. Um, Lowry 100% deserves to be up there. Uh, DeRozan deserves to be up there. I still think Stoudemire, you know, just for the sake of it. Now again, depends on what kind of, you know, what what you want to do. If it's if it's not about jersey retires, we know some teams don't even retire jerseys and Correct. they just have the wall yep. of fame. We get that, but yeah, Larry said I can't argue. Larry would be a, a great first number to go up there. What better way is there to start, Dutch? Yep. Yeah. What better way?
0: Yep. We we both agreed when we did that list, you know. Two and a half months ago, three mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. starting this podcast off, we both had him at the number one spot.
1: Well, you heard it right here on the GND uh, podcast, then. Well, our vote, Vince Carter, take a seat for a little longer, and uh, when uh, when Lowry is uh, is finished, hopefully we get another three, four seasons, and he retires as a Raptor. Um, I don't know if he'll get any more years out of that, but no, if we get so. three or four seasons out of him, and he retires as a Raptor, I think it should go up the very next year, and and then we can start to, to figure out that's again if the Raptors are even gonna do it, right? Yep, yeah. And yeah. I
0: think you're right. I think if if they go to a wall of fame, yeah. Well then maybe you change your tune a little bit and you start to bring, you know, your Stoudemire's back. You start to bring your Vin back. Yeah, Bosch. Chris Bosch, you yep. nailed it, Dutch. Yep. Yep. Um your DeRozan once he gets to the end of his career, if yep. you wanted to do that, um, you know, thankfully put him in there but um, if you're retiring to Joe's Jersey, in no doubt in my mind, it's got to start with number seven and yeah. number
1: seven only. Ah, good call. Good call. So listen, before we go to break, why don't we um, just touch base? Uh, obviously, we love to throw this in every single week. Um, PGA. You know, it was bound to happen. Um, clearly, the bubbles aren't working. I know the they P- say... The PGA? Yeah. You mean the COVID tour? Yeah. Okay. Yes, the COVID tour. I, you know what? I know the bubbles aren't working. I, 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 they, they say they're going to continue, but it, it's crazy to, to see that. Think about this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They're, they're going to have fans in two weeks. Yeah, in Detroit, correct? You, no, in uh, in, uh, uh, in, uh, Mirafield, in in Airfield, in So right. they're yep. two, they're in Detroit this week. They're in yep. Mirfield next week, back to back, and it's yep. the second week they're doing it. So sorry. So three weeks from now, yes. The first fans week in, in the stands is no fans, and then the second week is full go. But Probably I say full go. I, I say boycott. I say the players if they don't already shut the tour down if this continues I say boycott. What are we up to? Eight, nine? I think eight. Now Harris right? English today. Um, Kepka's caddy guys withdrawn due to courtesy. So, but, but how do you how, how do you feel about Kepka's uh, brother? Monday qualifies. is right? Did he Monday qualify? Yes. Monday qualifies and then he has to withdraw. Yeah. Come on, man. Shame, right? Not shame on the Tour. Listen, the Tour's doing everything great, and I, I know their players are respecting, and I, I have to give the Tour credit. I do. But it's bound to happen, and because it's an individual sport, we're hearing a little bit more because it's happening everywhere, every sport. NBA. Yes. Eh, they're all happening. But because golf is on, and it's front and center, and there's only 140 to 160 players playing every week, it's, it's smashing us in the face when, when on Friday you're finding out a guy's got it, and then they, his two playing partners withdraw because they're scared shitless now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy.
1: They're sending guys out to singles. Yeah. to
0: be respectful. So, it, yeah, and that's what makes it, like you said, it's it's front and center, right in your face, live at the telecast. Nance yeah. and Faldo are talking about it, yeah. and you can't avoid it. Um, so, but the
1: boys are playing good golf. The, oh, yeah. num- the numbers are good. Look at all. I mean, Deschamps has been on a, 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 a since with since they've started. He, he's been in the top ten every week. Correct. Right. Guys are coming out. DJ, big win, right? We we're going to talk about DJ. Well, we won't talk about it, but it's front and center. What's that, 12 or 13 years in a row now? Yep. Thir- that he's won a, he's Like, he's getting up in the likes of uh, Jack and, and yeah. Arnie in that. It's, it's pretty yeah, elite he's company. 21 wins now on tour. Pretty elite company. Some and he came out of there. nowhere. He came out of nowhere. He was just quietly there, and boom, he rocks it on Saturday and then buries it and finishes it off on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and it was nice to see. Uh, we were wondering... I was wondering how long that streak of those quiet guys were going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Webb Simpson's won a major, but to me he's still one of those guys that when when you talk about the PJ Tour in 2020, um, he's probably not even in your top 10 radar. Yeah. Right? He's, he's just
1: on the fringe out there, and he's a great player, yeah. no question. But just shows you how hard it is to... To win because when you look at all these guys like we're talk fantasy stuff but if you look at all these guys and all these prognosticators which we all know that they're just they're they're useless i mean we've had better um spread pickums in football than half these guys on cbs and all these things but you know they're, they're trying to pick winners and they put the rory's out there they put the jt's they put all these guys up there and everything and it's you know what they're, they're taking the easy picks i picked abraham answer last week
0: he had a good showing. Uh, yep. He, he fell did. off
1: a little bit uh, on uh, on Saturday, but I think he finished t t uh, twelve. Uh, he was he was right up there. I liked the pick. Obviously, I didn't uh, I didn't cash, but anyways, it was uh, it was a good pick, and I I like Cantley too uh, last week. Coming off, uh, he was fresh. Yep. Yeah. So, and I was just gonna get into that. That's perfect, Dutch, because I had a couple picks
0: uh, for our listeners this week. Uh, love the golf course, by the way. Wanted to shout out the the Detroit Golf Club. Yeah, it looks Old great. Old style golf course. Um, you know, when I was on the website uh, a couple days ago, just doing some some uh, ginger scouting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I immediately thought of Oak Hill. Just the look mm-hmm. of it, the design of it. Um, Donald well, Ross. that's good because I
1: walked Oak Hill, and that right. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: but I got a I got a couple picks uh, this week. Um, I got three picks individually actually but I'll start out I'll read off the names Patrick Cantley, Zach Johnson, and Victor
1: Hovland. Are these your covid picks? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not my covid picks. <laughs> sorry, sorry PJ, but sorry, I had to throw that in there. I just thought that would be kind of funny. Anyways, yeah. No, no uh, those guys are those guys are good. Let's hope uh, in all seriousness uh that let's hope sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Let's hope that people don't uh I don't want to see anybody else getting COVID. I mean, we're getting pretty close here in Ontario to opening the doors up and, and you know what reality is going to set in sooner. Are we going to make it through this? Is there going to be a second wave? And so you like Patrick Canley, right? Yeah. I like Patrick. Yeah. He's yeah. hot hand T11 last week.
0: He's played well, like you said, yeah, Zach Johnson, love the pick just because of a good fit. I think with the golf course, yeah, old style design, not extremely long, yeah. Uh, smaller greens, good iron play that dials up uh, Zach Johnson for me. And the guy who's been right up there with Deshamble for the most under par since we've got back in um, another T23 last week hasn't been outside of the top 25 in all three events, and that's Victor Hovland. Mark
1: it right down, I'm telling you. And you already know it, but we talked about this off air. That kid is the real deal. Um, I know everybody's talked a little more highly of uh, Matt Wolf. Uh, the same school, correct, they were at? Yep. Um Hovland is the real deal. That guy's going to win multiple times on tour. I'd I'd go as far as saying that he's going to win a major or two. He's going to be the face of the PGA Tour in the next five to ten years. He is unbelievable, and he's a very very uh, got a nice demeanor. Look out PGA Tour because these young kids are going to start taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's
0: no doubt about that, and um, it's a great way to end. Um, and get us get our listeners off the break. So, so Dutchie, um, when we come back from break, we're going to get into our uh, our divisional breakdown of the NFL. <laughs> the dog pound. Welcome to the dog. Dutch's dogs. It's so not going to be Dutch's dogs, but it's definitely the dog pound. AFC North. Awesome. So, uh, enjoy the break, listeners, and we'll catch you back on the flip side. It's not Starsky and Hutch. It's Ginger and Dutch. Real life passion for real life sports. Alright listeners, welcome back from break. Hope you enjoyed that. Remember to uh, follow us on all the social media outlets. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter... All that Ginger and Dutch 1. Um, Starting to get some good following and traction there. And make sure to keep up with our weekly challenge. We'll have one coming out this week. Uh, as Ginger tries to uh, get onto the baseball field, we'll see how successful that's going to be. Okay, <laughs> Dutch, let's get into it. Let's get into the old uh, the AFC North here. This is
1: usually a knockdown, uh, drag them out. Old school, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust type of division. So black and blue, black and blue. I think it's got potential to be one of the top divisions in the league. Maybe still a year or two away with some of the stuff happening. So um, it's going to be a good one. What What do you? Uh, let's do a little recap. Tell us where we were last year. We obviously know where uh, where the top of the shop was. Yep. So we'll start uh, as I always do from the bottom up. Uh, started from the bottom. Now we here,
0: but uh, the <laughs> Bengals, the Bungles, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bungles, two and fourteen. Uh, yeah. Tough year. We'll leave it at that. Then the Cleveland Browns did not meet expectations. Uh, had some big names come in OBJ uh, and the Baker and uh, did not meet those expectations. Six and ten. Fired the coach. Freddie Kitchens, as the uh, the baker was not cooking in the kitchen properly.
1: That guy was one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. I don't think
0: he's ever going to coach again in the NFL. Speaking of coaches, Dutch, before we uh, we get into uh, the, finishing this little uh, yeah. uh, rundown of 2019, I, I owe an apology to Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is the uh, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Last week I did mention that I uh, who knows who's calling the plays. I actually do know who's calling the plays for the Tennessee Titans. So I do owe an apology there and he's not a bad, uh, not one of the best offensive coordinators but he's, uh, hey, AFC Championship last year so Arthur Smith if you're out there listening my apologies to you buddy, uh, big ups and respect to your uh, offensive play calling prowess. Pittsburgh Steelers, 8-8, eight eight, uh, second place in the division last year, disappointing for the Steelers, you don't make the playoffs in Pittsburgh, that's a disappointing year, um, their expectations are always high. and. Surprising to me, I didn't think they were um, this good, and they just went on a tear uh, throughout the season, and obviously got stuffed in the playoffs, but um, 14-2, and Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson taking the NFL by storm,
1: and uh, top of the shop in the AFC North, and the AFC. Um, I still don't think they're that good. It's easy to say that, uh, sitting in here, um, waiting for the season to start, but... You have always told me this. Give them another year on film, and we'll see what happens. Now, that being said, I'm sure we're both going to agree where where they're going to sit this year. But I got them in a little bit of a different record for sure. So you want to start from the bottom? Yeah, we'll start from the bottom, and I don't think much is going to
0: change at the bottom. Um, I've still got the Cincinnati Bengals um, in last place in the AFC North. But I do have them improved. I've got them up to five wins, five and eleven. Um, they've added some nice pieces. They practically took the secondary from the Minnesota Vikings, uh, picking up Trey Wayne's and and uh, Mackenzie Alexander. Tons and tons of cash they committed to that defense, man. They did. They did indeed. And uh, how can you ignore? You, you know, you lost the Red Rocket. No, it wasn't. I wasn't playing. It wasn't Ginger. Don't worry. But you lost the the Red Rocket and Andy Dalton. Um, you know. To the story franchise, he he, uh, did a lot for Cincinnati, and you brought in um, the guy who had arguably the best season in college football history for a quarterback, and that was uh, Cigar Smoking Joe Burrow out of LSU, and you paired him up with another receiver to pair with AJ Green and T Higgins out of Clemson. Great kid out of there, and um, you know he's got some work to do, I think. Higgins, that is, um, you know, needs to learn that route tree a little bit more than but, he did in Clemson. Yeah, but. but
1: look at the weapons they've got. I Man, you, you're right, right. And if AJ Green is healthy, mm-hmm. right, we didn't see him step foot on the field, right. You got Mixon, you got Bernard, you got Boyd, who's awesome. I, I really think that they're going to be uh, improved. Uh, I, I've got him only one higher. Uh, I've, I've got him at six and ten. Uh, as I said, you spent tons of money on defense because last year really the only bright spot was Hubbard. Uh, he had a great year, Sam Hubbard. Yep. Um, and and I think he's ecstatic with all the boys that they've done. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, some of the Vikings, but you you mentioned that just that they're going to be improved. And 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 were they at two and fourteen last year? Ah, were they should did they deserve to be where they were? Yeah, yeah. They were they were they were terrible and they didn't have much to go about anything. But. It, it, Everybody starts off healthy at the start of the season. That's what we all have to remember. And if they start off healthy and they get a couple breaks, they've got a good enough offense. They've got some pieces there. That Joe Mixon's still there. That's right. I, 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 would, I would throw this out there that, that if they keep this core and they keep building a little bit, and Burrow, if he's the real deal, you, you might see them above 500 in two years from now. And, and, and arguably, in, in year three, they might be a playoff team. And this, that's why I'm saying I think this could be one of the top divisions in football. Yeah, and, and I've had this discussion on some of our
0: uh, fantasy chats as well is you're right. And what I see with Cincinnati is, is you know, you dig a little bit further, um, and I went into their coaching staff, and you look at that staff, and there were probably 10 rookie coaches. So that's their game plan. They're going to have a young staff who's innovative, creative, that's going to grow with a young football team. Yeah. Yep. And not only does the football team have to learn how to win, but the staff has to learn how to win. Yep. And you nailed it, Dutch, is that they did lose a couple real close football games. They had Buffalo by the ropes early right. on in week That's four. Right. That's right. Um, they had the Browns beaten, right? Yep. And so you had a couple. So, no, they weren't a two and four football team. They were probably more like a four or five win team. Yeah. And like you said, in a couple of years... We could be. It could be no longer the Bungles, It could be the Bengals again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know you meant two and fourteen. You said two and four, but yeah, yeah. two and fourteen. Absolutely. So, where do you go next? Uh, because I know we're going to differ here. I, I really do. I think I, I'm. I, and I have We haven't talked about this at all. But where where do you go next? Where, where Where do you got third? Well, I got I got
0: second and third being a split, either or. Okay. okay? And I'll start off with um, with my man Baker, my man Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Um, I got them performing a little bit better. This year, and I got them at nine and seven. They did lose some pieces, um, especially in the uh, the secondary and on the defensive side of the ball. in Schobert, like we talked about last week, um, Demetrius Randall, who was a you know supposed bust, uh, Christian Kirksey. But they've added some nice pieces. Uh, Jack Conklin coming over from Tennessee to screw up that right tackle spot. Austin
1: Hooper, which is a great tight end. Pick that's right. up. that's right. Where do they? Where do they? Where do they beef up? Right. They beefed up their old line. Right. Yep. Okay, they were terrible last year. They couldn't keep uh, Mayfield up. They they beefed it up there, just like you said. Their defense was suspect last year. They picked up four good pieces on defense, I think. Okay, Carl Joseph, you said uh, you didn't say Sendeo. I think there, um, you know, there's some pieces there that 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 are there. I love the tight end with Hooper and Yoko on there. Those guys are both going to be huge, and we haven't even talked about the coach yet. I know you're not sold on them, but you know what? It's better than. Come on, it's it's better than what they had. <laughs> well, it's not hard to be better than what you had. I know, but, but Stephanos, uh, I can't I never say his uh, his name properly. But uh, Stefan Stefanski, Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski yeah, I think he's going to be a big help for them, and I, I I actually have them flipping, and I have them going uh, almost up to ten and six, nine and seven, and this will be, finally, the year that they make the playoffs. Mark it on your calendar. Week 17, Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, for the right, right to make the playoffs, I got the Steelers eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Um, that's the way I think the Browns are going to be.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I you did nail it for me. Uh, what I got circled on my sheet uh, for the Cleveland Browns. You're right. They sure they sure, sure up the uh, the offensive line on both tackle spots, bookend Mm -hmm. tackles. you got Mm -hmm. Conklin now, and you got Jedrick uh, Willis out of uh, Alabama, who's just an absolute mauler. But who's playing defense, and who's going to cover these guys? And I know you're going to say, well, you know, the the weapons in the AFC North are not strong from a wide receiver perspective. When you look at, um, you know, the best wide receiver is an, an older A.J. Green, right? We know Baltimore's weapons aren't Strong yep. from a wide receiver perspective, yep. they don't. Yep. We'll go through that in a minute here, but they that's just not the type of football they play. Pittsburgh doesn't really have anybody that scares you, right? Yeah. Um, so you could argue, hey, you know, it's
1: about three yards in a cloud of dust, and can you do it? So, but a guy like you know, and I know I wasn't. He, he didn't sell me um, the last couple of years in Minnesota, but a guy like Sandeo Fits their 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 scheme, fits their style on on protection and on coverage in, the, in in the secondary. And like you said, without without a strong, yeah, that's where we can go back to the the Bengals, right? I mean, there, there are some weapons there, but. I I think that they can hold up. I think that their defense is going to be improved this year, and I and I think that division is going to get tougher. And that's why when we get up to the top, I I just don't see that the Ravens um, being you know only losing, losing. Yeah, no, no. I see them losing four or five games for sure this year. I, I think that there's going to be some some definite uh, parity in the division. We all we do know that they're still the class, but there's going to be some parity. I only have the Steelers. You know, back at 8-8 eight and, eight and arguably maybe 9-7, and seven, I mean, I think it's the de- demise of Big Ben. Listen, he took a full year off, and I don't know what he's got left in the tank. Uh, you know what, wh- where, where what do you have? Like, I know you're thinking that it could go either way, and you've probably had the Steelers ahead of the Browns. Well, I
0: was right on, we were on the same mind there. Okay. On the same mind. I had okay. that, that matchup late in the year. I looked at that, circled it on my uh, my calendar. And I had the Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-7, and seven okay, too. Yeah, um, yeah. And I kind of felt the same way. I think Pittsburgh's lost a huge piece in Jaron Hargrave. Um, we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers play the 34 defense, and the most important part of the 34 defense is the nose tackle. Yep, They've had a stud nose tackle for years when you start to look at the list of who's played that position for them over the years. And now their guy walked out the door. Okay. They still got a
1: solid D, though. They, they, still, were, they were
0: top five in the league last year. They still have a solid D. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. They've got some, some great pieces on defense. Um, great linebackers. We know that yeah. the pedigree of the Steeler linebacking core, And yeah. they did a nice job picking up the the other Watt brother there when yeah. Roosevelt Nix I, I, left. I love Derek Watt coming out. Yep. Um, but I think you nailed it. I think there's two things that are... That scare me about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, I saw them live and in person last year, Sunday Night Football, against my beloved Buffalo Bills, and they're aging. Mm-hmm. They have an aging offensive line um, that, with a few injuries, will be in shambles quickly. Yeah. Uh, and they've got an aging quarterback. Yeah. And I just don't trust Big Ben to come off an injury like yeah. that and yeah. take them to the next level.
1: Yeah. No, on a fantasy note, though, I, I, I love Ebron they yep. picked, they picked him up Pittsburgh's always known for their tight ends and big ben may may not be able to chuck it down the the field he's he's got kind of a little river esque going on with him yep. uh yep so and with none of these you know sure they've got some speed yep we, we get do. it but I think ebron would be a cool little fantasy pick I, and I agree with you. I, I think they're gonna. I think Cleveland's gonna leapfrog them this year. I, I, I do. I think Cleveland's gonna leapfrog them. and that takes us to the Ravens. I, the Ravens are definitely uh, you know they're definitely the the class still of the division. Um, Coach has been there for a long, long time. Yeah, I know you love him. Uh, I, I do. Really him. I do. He's good. I I mean he he has a little bit of Riverboat in him sometimes, uh, especially this year with the. The kid on the sidelines that's doing all the analytics for them, and they're yeah. going for it. You know, they on they have their downs. fourth down programs that they're doing. I, I just I just don't see them being as powerful, but they're still going to be at the top.
0: Yeah, th- this roster is clearly uh, the deepest in this division, hands down. Yeah, even with some vets walking out the door, uh, Tony Jefferson, Brandon Carr, the trade of Hunter Hurst to uh, Atlanta, uh, Patrick and uh, Michael Pierce, like they they did lose some pieces, but they picked up some nice pieces. Derek uh, Derek Wolf and DJ Fluker from Seattle, Wolf from from Denver, yeah. huge pickup in Calais Campbell to help secure up front. And to top it all off, look
1: look what they drafted. Oh, the draft! They're, they I, they, I, they I messaged they, everybody yeah. that night. They, they won. They, they 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 won. They won, and they're they've gotten better. They've done what all these teams were to get there. They did what the Chiefs did. They're doing what all these teams have done to get to that. Championship to get to the Super Bowl, right? Arguably the best guy out of the draft. You and I talked about it, draft night, and I think we touched on it. Patrick Queen out of LSU. The kid's a stud, man. That's Ray Lewis all over again.
0: Yep. And and you got a veteran in Calais Campbell that's going to keep him clean. Yep. You got a um, a pass rusher in Pennell uh, McPhee and Judon to go on the outside on yep. that thirty four defense. Yep. He's going to be clean all day long on the inside linebacker
1: spot, and he'll just clean up absolutely everything. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And then look at the look at what they're doing, and look at the other pick, right? Jk. Yeah, right? great pick out of Ohio State. Right, there, there's something. For him. And I think to contrary to what I just said about you know Lamar slowing down a little bit, and I think that's another reason why they went and went after this kid because it's gonna re- alleviate and relieve a little bit of Jackson's running. They want to keep him healthy. And, and you saw it, we saw it with one of the, arguably the best scrambler, if not, no, not arguably, was the best scrambler, playmaker, quarterbacker, pretty much of all time in Michael Vick. Yep. And, you know, his season, what happened? After years, he went down to the point where just injuries and he just started to slow down. So if they can keep Jackson up, by bringing in uh, J.K. and bringing in a couple of these other... while well, they still have Ingram, right? And, yep. and so I think it's going to change. I think, that, I think that they may change their style a little bit. Arguably, no questions that they're going to be right there. And they may make a run this year and, and surpass the Chiefs this year.
0: Yeah, I think the, the one thing that, that scares me... And, and there's two things on the offensive side of the ball. There's, there's no question, defensively, this team is is stacked. Uh, No injury is going to affect them. They'll be fine the whole way through. Um, They're just that deep. Offensively scares me a little bit because, yes, we know they want to run the football, but that only got them to a certain point last year. And I think two things are going to need to happen for Baltimore to get to the next level. Number one is can Hollywood Brown continue to emerge as the number one wide receiver in the NFL? Right. Even if it's in a system that is run-oriented first. The second thing, and you saw it last year, late in the year, was, and now you go ahead. You had the two-headed tight end monster and Hurst and my ginger buddy with no soul, Hunter Hurst, um, and Mark Andrews. Yep. So you trade Hurst now, and now you've got all your your eggs in one basket and Mark Andrews. Yep. He got banged up. He did. This is an offense that continually puts him over the middle of the field and asks him to go up and make plays. Lamar Jackson's not afraid to throw the ball high, right. not a th- afraid to throw it to his receivers. That may put them in a position yeah. that they're going to get hit, banged up, nicked up. Um, so I think those two things, they, that Brown's got to continue to step up, yeah. and Andrews has got to stay healthy the whole way through. And whether that be um, you know sliding in somebody else, changing some formations to get him and limited snaps a little bit, um, because he is a game-changer. We've seen him make plays of 80, 90 yards for touchdowns as a tight end, and, and it's he's quiet. You know, He's not your Kelsey. He's not your um, Zach Ertz. He's not your big-name tight end. But No, but he's got a bit of Gronk in him too, right? Yeah, he does, he's yeah, a beast, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, he's a guy that can change games, and when he goes for big numbers, they win football games. So. Yeah. I do have them. I had them at 11-5, and five, coming back down the well just a tiny little bit, yep. but still be in the class uh, in the NFC
1: North and right up there for a first-round buy uh, for that first spot. Now. Yeah, and I had him at 12-4, and four, so I think we agree on that for sure. Yeah. Well, Dutchie,
0: always fun um, reviewing a little NFL football, some great talk, PGA Tour talk. Love that we got into the NHL, yeah. uh, debating about that. We'll have to revisit that um, Hall of Fame argument, whether it be from another sport or whatever it may be. So. Yeah. Um, let's sign
1: off for uh, this week's episode. Dutchie, any closing comments for us? Well, no. Yeah, just one quick thing. If we uh, if we do uh, if we do uh, hit pay dirt this uh, week, we're we're switching it up, right? We're not we're not gonna go we're not gonna go out to uh, save save the boys, save the East for the last, right?
0: No, I think uh, for our football fans, if we can we can land our next
1: guest here, we're gonna we're gonna uh, appease Ginger, and we're gonna get right into the AFC East next week. Cam Newton. New England Patriots. Oh, I can't wait to have this argument next week, ladies and gentlemen. The New England Patriots might just very well stay at the top. Ginger, you ain't gonna like to hear that, but it just might be the case. Well,
0: I don't like the way you close that off, but uh, signing off <laughs> for the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media fronts at Ginger and Dutch One. Check out this week's weekly challenge. Dutch is on the baseball field. Good luck, Dutch. Or sorry, good luck, Ginger. That's right. And uh, signing off for the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Thanks again for another episode. I'm Ginger.